Hey, it's Caitlin. Hey, it's Abigail. Welcome Welcome to to The Gutsy Gutsy Truth. Here at The Gutsy Truth, we talk about what every woman needs to know in the modern era. Through expert insights, personal stories, and raw truths, we offer strategies, advice, and a supportive community to live a gutsy life. If you are ready to start your journey of living a gutsy life, you are in the right place. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Gutsy Truth. This week is just Caitlin and I, and we're really excited because we're talking about something near and dear to our hearts, and it is gluten-free and dairy-free tips and tricks. And I think this is probably the number one question we get from family and friends. Yep. Is how do we do it? How do we shift our mindset around it? How do we even eat? What do we eat? And all that. So we just wanted to give you guys all the information um, this is not necessarily going to be just like recipes. I was talking about like recipes themselves, but everything else about eating gluten-free and dairy-free that you might not even know that could be helpful if you're having to transition to that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. This is, I feel like information that we would have loved to have heard, you know, when we were first starting off because it was what felt like in that moment, it seemed like a huge drastic shift of like, what do you mm-hmm. mean I can't eat dairy? What do you mean I can't eat gluten? That means I can't eat anything. And that's like what I thought in that moment in time. And now I look back and I was like, wow, I really like freaked out over it when it really wasn't as drastic as a transition as I made it up to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, I remember when you and I first started this journey and you're like, hey, I, you know, this functional OB I'm seeing is thinking I need to eliminate gluten and dairy from an inflammation standpoint Mm -hmm. and just a sensitivity. And I was like, and that's, you know, back when my gut was a wreck too. I was like, I'm going to try anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, then we were like, so what do we eat? Carrots? Exactly. Carrots. Just carrots. (laughs) Carrots. Yeah. We were just so confused. But I think the biggest thing for me, like thinking back, I've been thinking on this for a few days to gear up for this episode is I know I did it in stages, right? So like I didn't go super cold turkey. I think it was easy to pick one and focus on that for a couple of weeks instead of both. Because going both gluten-free, dairy-free, like all at once is a big task. Like, Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong. It's a lot. You've got to rethink your whole attitude about how to cook, what you eat, going out to eat, like everything socially about what it means with food. And so I know for a few weeks for me, it was easier just to do one. I think I started with gluten. um, And then like I just reduced dairy drastically kind of a thing, but it wasn't like where I could easily eliminate dairy, not think about it. Like I didn't have cheese and crackers for a snack anymore or whatever, you know, like it was things like that, that it was like easy just to take it out. And then eventually it once I got the gluten thing figured out, I slowly really cut out dairy. Like what, what was that process for you? Yeah. I think there is like a, a, a step even before transitioning to gluten-free dairy free that I was trying to do at that point, because you know, this because when we work together is that like, I would show up to work and I'd have like my cheese and crackers and like carrots and like celery or like very like simple, like rabbit food <laughs> for lunch. And so <laughs> in that January before I started that, um, um, transitioning to gluten-free dairy-free is when, um, I had like committed to like prior prioritizing protein and like eating more healthy foods in general. And so like, I was already on track of like focusing on my food and like fueling my body. And so, and making that a habit because I wasn't, because like, as, as I mentioned before, multiple times, like, 
I'd get like tired every day at three o'clock and it was because I wasn't eating enough protein and taking care of myself and all that stuff. Right. And so I think for me, like I was already trying to focus on eating like healthier meals. And then, then once I had that as a habit, then kind of transitioning to the gluten-free dairy-free was like a whole nother part of the process. And so I think a lot of this, Mm -hmm how drastic of a transition this could be really depends on whether or not you like are cooking at home, right. Or bringing your lunch to work. And, you know, if you're, if you're not doing that, then yes, this can seem like overwhelming because you're eating out every day, depending on where you live, that could be really difficult to find options. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's a huge part of it is just, recognizing where you are in your your health journey as far as like how you're eating in general to then figure out like what you need to do to be successful in another transition of eating gluten-free dairy-free oh a hundred percent I think that's such a great point to bring up yeah because if you're just eating out all the time then yeah transitioning to any kind of food elimination um diet of any kind like whether it's gluten dairy soy anything of the above mm-hmm. yeah that would be like a drastic it's a it's a double drastic whammy kind of right. a thing because you're having to break the habit of eating out all the time and then on top of that start really paying attention to what you're eating too yeah so yeah i think that's a great a great point and so maybe for those of you who are in that situation and maybe you just have to go dairy free like right like if you eat out multiple times or always grab breakfast on the go or something like that, start with just cooking something at home. Like that could be step one, you know, doing, doing more, more at home or more just bringing your food. Because then when you're in the grocery store and buying it compared to just eating out, you, A, to me, you pay way more attention to what you're then going to be consuming because you're actually having to go and buy and cook. Um, and then B, it's easier to control what's coming into your house, mm-hmm. <laughs> obviously, and then what you're making. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think a big thing with transitioning to gluten-free, dairy-free was I just remember so many people to both of us in our own ways were like, oh my gosh, you can't eat cheese anymore. Mm-hmm. How how are you going to live? Like I eat cheese all the time. How are you right. not going to have a pizza or ice cream or this or that? And it was like all food that is yummy and delicious. Don't get me wrong, but there is incredible options that are gluten-free, dairy-free, mm-hmm. like dairy-free ice cream. It's incredible. It's just made with coconut milk mm-hmm. instead of milk milk. Like, it's not like it's some awfulness. Like, I do think the food world has come such a long way that there is really good versions of those foods right. that most people would think are just, OMG, I can't believe you, can, you can't eat that anymore. Right. And then things that you and I have talked about too all the time is once you eliminate things that make your body feel horrible, and then once you start feeling good, you don't miss it. Right. Like, like, and this is how, this is the mindset that always just blows me. So let's just say someone with a, with a severe food allergy, like a peanuts or shellfish or something really common, right? Like someone who's allergic to shellfish will never miss eating shellfish because they never have eaten shellfish because they know they could potentially die eating right. it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, no, I don't have an anaphylactic allergy to gluten or dairy, but it makes me feel so horrible that I don't want to consume it. Right. So I don't miss it at all. Right. So don't think I'm like missing out on life because actually I'm living a better life not eating that stuff. Right. Yeah. And like, I think yeah. that's the hard thing is like when you say like, oh, I don't eat 
gluten or dairy or whatever, people are like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's like, no, like mm-hmm. I've, I've found out what works for my body and what doesn't. And I'm thankful for that. And like, it's not, it's not something to be sorry about. Like, honestly, sometimes when people say that, I'm like, no, you Mm-mm. probably should be gluten free. You just don't know it. Like sometimes, and that's maybe not a great mindset <laughs> to have, but it's kind of true. Like I'm very in tune with my body yeah. now. And I feel like the average person mm-hmm. isn't. And so it's like, don't feel yeah. sorry for me. Like I'm actually really empowered by having this knowledge and knowing how to fuel my body and view food as a positive thing. Um, right. and not something that I'm depriving myself of. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, just like someone with a severe peanut allergy, they don't miss peanuts. Yeah. Because they're like, that means not good things for me. Right. Yeah. So think of it that way. And like, and then the other thing too is don't feel, don't approach people who have food sensitivity and have, you know, eliminated something from their diet. Don't view them as a burden. Yes. Mm -hmm. And because you don't view people with a severe anaphylactic allergy, you don't view them as a burden. And so why would you view someone that, like, I'm not going to get into detail here, but let's just call it extreme digestive distress yeah. <laughs> when I eat gluten. Okay. I'll put it that plainly. Like my body does not like it. Mm-hmm. So I'm eating something or I'm not choosing not to eat something because it makes me feel better to not eat that. And so when I say, I'm so sorry, I cannot eat that. I'm gluten-free. The people who respond to me like I'm now a burden because now they have to think about another option for you to eat infuriates me because yeah. I'm like, you would never think about that to someone who says I'm lactose intolerant or have an anaphylactic allergy to that food. Right. Like, so, you know, or like, even, and then like or, you and I are just sensitive to gluten. Can you imagine if we were full on celiac? Oh, yeah. I mean, like that, that's a whole other ball game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know what it is. I think maybe because like when gluten intolerances like really started arising, like there was like such a lack of understanding of what it meant. And there was very few products out there that people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. Or like, what is this thing? You know, I think it was a little bit harder for people to understand what, like what it actually meant to be gluten-free. Like Mm -hmm. peanuts are like one thing, right. And it's usually Mm -hmm. like, it's a little bit easier maybe to navigate what has peanuts in it than what doesn't. And I feel like there's gluten, unfortunately, in so many things that I, I just, I just feel like that's just harder for people to really grasp what it means to be, to choose to right. be gluten-free or you have to for like specific health reasons. Um, yeah. And so I, I feel like it is like better, especially like I know, you know, I, there was someone in college I knew that was gluten-free and I had no idea what that really meant. And I, mm-hmm. and like, I, I can, I know that I wasn't necessarily always a good friend. I was like, Hey, we, well, we have salad too. Like, and now when people say that to me, I'm like, Oh my God, don't even, cause it's going to be a crappy salad. Yeah. And I'm not going to want to eat it. And yeah, all these things. So like, I, I feel like I've been on both sides of the spectrum now of like not understanding it and just trying to be like, Oh, well there's this, doesn't that work? Um, to now like living it as my life and like wanting better options and like to be treated like a normal person when I like going out to eat. And so I think that's kind of the Mm -hmm. perfect reason, like why we're talking about this is because the other part of it is like, we want, if this is what you're choosing to do for health reasons or because you have to, or, you know, a loved one, like advocating for them is a huge part of changing the dialogue for not only yourself, but just all people who have any sort of um, dietary issues. And so like, 
mm-hmm. more that you can stand up and say, hey, like, hey, like someone suggests a restaurant and they're like, oh, actually, Caitlin can't eat there because of these reasons. Like, I know she said that before. And just like hearing and listening to people, like, I think that's really powerful. Like, especially when I transitioned to my new job and like, you're like, everyone's like, okay, let's go out to eat. And that, and so I instantly said like, Hey, like I definitely want to go out to eat with everyone. I just asked that there, we go somewhere where I can eat. And everyone was like, Oh, absolutely. Understanding. And like, now like they know it's Mm -hmm. a thing and they're accommodating and they're like nice about it. It's not just like, Oh, we can't go there because Caitlin can't eat there. You know what I mean? And so just advocating for yourself and then finding people that can be a champion for you at home or in the workplace or whatever it is to support you as well, I think is you being a good friend and um, hopefully helping other people as well. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And so, yeah, the biggest thing I think, you know, what we've been talking about now for the past few minutes is the mindset shift it yeah. is not only for yourself, but then helping educate others, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people, when they hear about, when they look at you, a normal person and don't, hear that you have like say a true allergic reaction to whatever that food might be food mm-hmm. item like in their head they're like oh they're just doing it for he- like a dietary like a I say health but I mean like weight loss reason or whatever you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying mm-hmm. like they don't they're not thinking that there's actually ramifications for people of all kinds some people don't even have much physical reaction it might be a, an a mental or emotional one right like or you're it makes you where you can't sleep very well. I mean, there's a million reactions that your body can have to different food groups if it's not meant for your body. That's mm-hmm. called bio-individuality. Yep. <laughs> like how I react to gluten is completely different how you react to gluten and vice versa. You know, like mm-hmm. it just, that's just part of it. So again, if someone says they're choosing not to eat a certain food for whatever that reason might be, just be accommodating and be understanding and be gracious about it because when you're on the other foot, like when you're the person having to stand up to your entire office and say, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't eat that. Like that's that's a hard place to be in. Mm-hmm. It really is. And there's times you and I have had to do that and we haven't been met with some gracious feedback or yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, now we got to go pick out. There's only like three restaurants you can eat at because of food that you're allowed to have or whatever. And it's like, it's just as hard for me as it is you because mm-hmm. I am more limited. I can't go to any restaurant. Um, and so I think that segues into the perfect next tip that we're going to talk about is eating out. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that's a hard one. It really is. So I think my the biggest piece of advice we have is when you're eating out, look at the menu ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Like that will help eliminate 90% of your stress about going to out to eat, right. whether that's just you and your family, you and some friends, coworkers, whatever, look at the menu ahead of time, see what you can actually eat or not eat. And then there's going to be some restaurants you've probably eaten at a lot in your community that you can't eat at anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard truth. And it's not fun. Trust me. We've been there. There are some places Caitlin and I love that there's just nothing really we can eat there. That's Mm -hmm. other than like iceberg lettuce. And that's not fun either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's the looking at the menu ahead of time is a big key thing. And then like being prepared And sometimes you're going to have to ask questions. It does get uncomfortable at first because you're like, you feel like you're the person that orders and you're like, hi, I would like this, but I need it without that and without that and without that. And can Mm -hmm. you change this? Um, But unfortunately, that's just what you have to do. But then you will find those restaurants in your community that you can eat at or have some staple items that are always, you know, good for you. Um, 
And then you'll just feel comfortable going there. Yeah. And then if you find those restaurants that are truly catered, catering to people with any dietary needs, if, if you've listened to us for any length of time, you know, Caitlin and I love True Food Kitchen. So we have good. no affiliation with them other than the fact that we just love them. Um, but literally, they are incredible. If you say, I am whatever kind of food allergy or sensitivity you have, the wait staff notes it. They make the kitchen note it. I mean, they are beyond accommodating. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this is amazing. I can go here and I'm not fretting. I can eat whatever. I can basically find a million items on the menu that I can eat. You know, even drinks and desserts. And that's so hard to find sometimes if you have food sensitivities. Right. And we've talked about this too, like you vote with your dollar. So the more that you support mm-hmm. these type of restaurants, the more that they're going to provide, you know, more options for, you know, any sort of allergy. Like it always, it always warms my heart when they bring out something and it has like a little like allergy, little stick that they like put in your yes. like whatever, like your chicken or your yeah. whatever. And it's just like, thank you. Like that just says a lot that like they're... Mm-hmm trying to do their best to accommodate. Um, and so, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think like looking ahead of time is helpful. I know early on when I, especially the first time I traveled, I was like freaking out. I was like, I'm not going to eat anything. Like I just like, I wasn't familiar with the area. I didn't know what restaurants there were. And, um, and so just realize that like, it's okay to maybe get a little nervous or concerned about like what options are out there. Um, but try not to like, let it derail your life. Um, cause I think for mm-hmm. a, a while when I was first starting, I was like, I can't eat out anywhere and that wasn't healthy. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily the case. That was a story in my head that I was telling myself. Right. And so like now, honestly, when I travel, I kind of look at a couple of places, but I'm also, you know, more excited to see like what restaurants there are that like don't exist in our town because our town doesn't have a ton of restaurants that have mm-hmm. gluten-free, dairy-free options. And so now when I travel, I just like, I don't really look up to make sure there's somewhere I can eat because for the most part, there always are places that have more places to eat than here locally for us. Um, but I just mm-hmm. get more excited about going and trying restaurants that like have a lot of options that I can eat. And I was like, Ooh, look at their entire menu says like, gluten gluten free like vegan like whatever like all those things I just get so excited I was like yay they put it on their menu (laughs) yeah so just try to like take it one step at a time and not like hyper focus on it to the point where it's not Mm -hmm. healthy because I think we've mentioned this before it's like you can be eating a hundred percent healthy but if you are worrying all the time about the food that you're eating and what oils they're using and all this stuff like that food can be as detrimental to your body as like going and getting a big, big Mac at McDonald's or whatever. Um, that's, there's research about this. So again, having that positive mindset, I think is the most important part of, um, trying to make this transition. Oh yes. I a hundred percent agree. And then also when it comes to eating out, sometimes you're just going to have to plan ahead. Sometimes there's not a good option for you. Or say you're going, you're at a work conference and there's just whatever the, I mean, most, especially like at large conference hotels and stuff, they normally, they'll have an option for you. Like it mm-hmm. might not be what's served, but if you ask, you know, there'll be a whatever, you know, even if it's a vegetarian option, like they have very various options for you in the back. But what Caitlin and I learned too is always travel with snacks, mm-hmm. always have some good protein, some meat sticks, some, you know trail mix or whatever, um, protein powder, all that with you, like 
you, I mean, you just kind of become the little snack pack travel person, yeah. but it it gets you out of a bind mm-hmm. um, because there are going to be times where all you can eat is like the salad mm-hmm. and maybe like some vegetables and if, you know, hopefully like the, the chicken or whatever, like if there's not something else on it. Um, and so, yeah, like sometimes it, you're just going to be in that awkward situation or like, I know, um, I've been to some weddings since eating like this and at weddings you're kind of, you're very limited to what, I mean, it's whatever they've picked, you know? Right. And so normally I'll just eat before we go and then have some snacks on hand, um, you know, in my purse or something. And so sometimes you just have to do that too, like mm-hmm. eat before you go, uh, um, or wait and eat afterwards or something. I mean, and, and it, it's, it's kind of weird and it's kind of awkward, but, um, but I think all of this is just advocacy and awareness for people. Um, that people have all kinds of food sensitivities or food allergies, you know, and so you can't just do the typical, okay, you know, for this event, we're just going to serve chicken parm, you Mm -hmm. know, like that's breaded and has cheese on it because there's a lot of people that couldn't eat that for various reasons. Right. Um, so yeah, sometimes you're just kind of stuck in a situation where you really don't have the best option. And so in that, it's just always about planning ahead. And again, like Caitlin said, don't dwell on it. Just go, you know what, I'm going to eat this meal before we go I'll have snacks in my purse and we're fine like that's just what it is and then I can eat when I get home and that's just the the unfortunate reality sometimes but again don't fret on it and then don't judge the event host for it either Mm -hmm. um you know especially like at a wedding I'm thinking some like smaller things where it's just like a very limited menu and there's no other options kind of a you know thing compared to like a corporate right conference or something of that nature you know, try not to judge them. If if they don't have any food sensitivities or food allergies or no one in their immediate family does, most people don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't. I for sure did right. not before becoming gluten-free, dairy-free. I mean, I picked out food for multiple events of various kinds and never once did the thought of even just vegetarian option. <laughs> like right. that didn't even cross my mind. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're not living in it, you don't think about it. So yeah, always have some grace too. Yeah, exactly. And going back to like traveling, there's a grocery store everywhere, right? So I usually like I was in um, Nashville earlier or a couple weeks ago and I went to the Whole Foods and just got some snacks for my, you know, hotel room and, you know, had those just on hand that I could have for breakfast or if I needed a snack or whatever. And I was like completely fine. Like it's, you don't need to have like a fancy meal. You can, you can just go Mm -hmm. get some healthy snacks. Like you can go get some carrots, you can go get some hummus, you can get some like sliced, you know, turkey breast or whatever, and you can make that work. I think honestly, what helped me a lot is really before this transition to, I was like, because I wasn't eating enough protein and you and I are kind of different about like how we, like how often we eat. Cause I usually just stick to like three meals a day Mm -hmm. and I know you snack more. And like, for me, it helped when I was going out to different, um, um, like, so uh, like happy hours or socials or things after work or conferences or whatever, where they're like, okay, here's food and here's a snack and here's this and here's that. And it's like, I remember going to like our first conference and like literally ev- after every single, um, 
like session, there was more food out. And I remember us being like, oh, this is so good. This, this is like six years ago. So this is like way yeah. before we were like on this journey at all. But we were like, oh, the food, this is amazing. But now like if there's, if I eat my a healthy high protein lunch or breakfast and then I'm at an event where there's like, oh, here's some, you know, muffins and coffee and tea. Like before I probably would have been like, oh, more food. I'll eat it just because. But now because I'm eating enough protein, I'm full. And it's like, it almost helps me like say no to things that would have been easier to say yeah. yes to because the options that they have, I can't even have. So it just, it, it's yeah. Anyways, it kind of helps me more just because of how I try to eat just three meals a day and not snack based off of like yeah. my personal health needs. So yeah, you can see it as positive as well. Oh, exactly. And that's so good. And I think that's the other thing too, when it comes to gluten-free, dairy-free is number one, most people just don't eat enough protein. And so yeah. you're constantly eating and you're constantly eating empty calories basically right. that aren't filling your body. Like, right. right. So like you're hungry, you grab a handful of crackers. Well, of course you're gonna be hungry 30 minutes later because they had no density to it to right. keep you full for very long. Right. But yeah, if you're eating like upwards of 30, 20 to 30 grams of protein at every single meal, your snacking is going to drastically reduce because you're literally not hungry. Right. And so that right there, I think is what a lot of people also think about when it comes to gluten-free, dairy-free is snacks and treats mm -hmm. is, you know, like crackers, muffins, any kind of dessert um, of any kind, candy, like all that kind of like kind of snacky treat food. Like Caitlin and I just don't eat it much anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, we love the occasional ice cream for a special occasion or you know, if it's someone's birthday, we make a gluten-free, dairy-free cake and it's, it's great. But like, I, I just don't buy so much of that food that I used to eat, consume now because like my version of a snack is like hard boiled eggs and pistachio. Right. <laughs> like it's so much better yeah. compared to, you know, maybe a handful of crackers and some whatever or some cheese cubes or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah, again, it's just flipping your mindset to realize you're not like missing out because again, there are so many incredible options of food of all kinds that are gluten-free and dairy-free and soy-free and everything free that you need to make them. Right. And then two, you just kind of have to reevaluate how you cook and eat anyway, because mm -hmm. if you're constantly cooking with like a lot of carbs and processed stuff or boxed items, like you probably don't need to be like that's not as nourishing to your body as protein and vegetables and healthy carbs like sweet right. potatoes or brown rice or something of that nature and so really it just makes you shift everything you do about food mm -hmm. and like I said once you start eating that way for a few weeks and then say like you feel good and I remember in the early stages I was like oh I'll be fine if I eat that blah blah you know fill in the blank that clearly would have gluten or something in it and then I'd feel miserable for 24 hours mm -hmm. and I was like oh yeah this is a real thing like my right. body doesn't like it right and then you just feel so good that you have no interest in ever going back basically yeah. to quote Taylor Swift we are never ever ever getting back together <laughs> oh my gosh yes I've been watching way or listening to way too much eras eras tour set list. That's not a thing. You lately, can't so. consume too much Taylor Swift. That's amazing. Yeah, um, <laughs> I love that. And so the, one of the things I I wanted to touch on too is like, you know, food is like such a social thing. It's 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 an emotional thing. Like we do it usually in community. We're we're eating right. And I think one of the most gutsy things that you can do is be in a community setting where everyone else is eating and being okay that you're not like that takes a level yes. of gutsiness and confidence to be like, all of you guys are eating. 
or all of you guys are drinking or whatever, and I'm choosing not to. Like, that's a very gutsy mm-hmm. thing to do. And that's Amen. something to be proud of and not something to be like depressed about or shameful about. Like, honestly, it took some adjusting. It wasn't like an overnight, like, like, okay, here I am. And no one's like, I'm the only one not eating. Like it is a transition for sure. It's not just like you feel comfortable right away, but to get to a level of confidence where you're like, no, I'm good. Like that's, that's the mindset we want you to have. Not like, oh, I want to eat this because everyone else is. Mm-mm, no, I don't want you to do what everyone else is. I want to do what's good for you and best for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because then if you think about it, then you, when you really start doing that and you take a step back and again, I'm not judging people for how they eat or drink or whatever. You're, it's your life. You live yeah. it how you want to. But when you can be that person, like you said, that you're in a social setting and you're the one just having water and maybe eating the veggies off the charcuterie plate, you know, mm-hmm. at most or something, and you see everyone else and it like, like you kind of have this out of body experience. Like you'll have this moment at some point where like, you're like third party looking over the scene. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I don't remember where it was, but I just remember having this experience and I'm like, I feel so much better mentally and physically than all of you in this room. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm not meaning that in a judgy way. I'm just like, it was like my own epiphany of like, I'm okay with this because I feel so much better mm-hmm. mentally and physically than mm-hmm. I guarantee every single other person in this room I'm in that in right now. Right. And I'm going to go home and I'm going to eat a healthy dinner that I have made and I'm going to get a great night's sleep and I'm going to wake up feeling fantastic the next day. Right. And sure enough, you know, it might've been at a conference I was at, I think was the first time it really hit me. Cause mm-hmm. then like the next day, everyone has been out drinking and staying up late at conference and I was like ready to go. And everyone's like groggy and like stumbling. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I'm like ready to tackle the day, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so you just kind of have this, like, not in a, I'm better than you, but it's just like, I am serving myself in the best way possible. Right. And this feels so good. Yeah. And I don't want to not not feel like this anymore. So right. I'm going to keep doing these things that make me feel good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. I think that's literally the gutsy thing to do. Hey friends, we want to take a quick minute and talk about some free resources. We understand how challenging it can be to start your journey of eating healthy, eliminating toxins and making simple swaps. So we put together some free gutsy guides to make this transition easier and way more fun. This is something we would have loved to have when we first started our journeys so we hope you will enjoy these free guides. All you have to do is visit thegutsytruth.com and click on the resource tab at the top of the page to find all of these free guides. Again, super simple. All you have to do is visit thegutsytruth.com and click on the resource tab to find more information. So we've talked about um, a complete mindset shift, Mm -hmm. some eating out, going, you know, being having your snack pack ready basically yeah you know looking at the menu ahead of time what might be some other things as far as tips and tricks gluten-free dairy-free um um I think the like if you if you really want to dive into it I'm going to direct everyone to our mini series we did the gutsy guide to clean mm -hmm. eating there's all sorts of information in there like to really deep dive But I think some just other little things to remember are there are simple swaps. Like if you want crackers, there are gluten-free crackers out there. Like if you want pasta because you can't live without it, there are gluten-free pastas out there. That's totally fine. But what I want to make sure you are aware of is that you're not going to solve your 
gluten-free, dairy-free life by just going and buying a whole bunch of packaged items. That's 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 yes. that's going to be a lot more expensive and it's not going to necessarily make you feel great either because at the end of the day, a lot of those can be ultra processed and not good ingredients and all that. So focusing on, um, like we talk about a lot, crowding things out, more vegetables, more protein, as opposed to eliminating things. I think that is a really beneficial thing to do. And then at the same time, like baby steps, like the way I approach eating gluten-free and, you know, compared to now is very different. And I'm also like, I give myself grace too of like, Mm -hmm. I don't choose to have gluten, but I give myself grace as far as like, if I want to indulge in something that might be, you know, more carb heavy or, you know, maybe is a little bit more processed because whatever, like you got to have some fun food. Like that's not going to wreck you. Right. Um, Yeah. So giving yourself grace and, you know, knowing that there are swaps out there and just, you know, I think the reason why you and I were successful is because we had each other. So if you need a buddy, like you have Abigail and I to cheer you on, or maybe there's someone else in your community that can help support you with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think my challenge for everyone here too, listening to this, like whether you are years into this journey, like we are, you literally got news from your practitioner that you probably need to eliminate one of these food groups or anything in between. My other challenge to you is the advocacy piece and the awareness piece, because that goes a long way more than you realize. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I've learned out of it, because I've been on both ends, as Caitlin and I have talked about, we've been the people years ago who never even thought about any dietary needs for people for a corporate event or whatever. And now we are the number one advocate for anything. Like I have bashed conferences for not having any kind of dietary options for anybody, not just me, but I mean, not even a vegetarian option. And I'm just like, that's basic. Right. (laughs) Um, But be an advocate and be aware. And so the next time you host people at your house, maybe it's new people you not might not know of, or if you're in charge of ordering food for a corporate event, for a party, whatever, I encourage you and I challenge you to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. Ask the people if there's any food sensitivities, dietary restrictions in your in your group, um, because that is the number one thing I ask now for people, the new people coming to my house yep. is when I'm and decide on what to make. I always start with, are there any food allergies or food sensitivities? And then if they say no, then I still normally, I'm still going to cook gluten-free, dairy-free because that's what I eat. But then I normally will always send them what I'm making beforehand. So whatever, even if it's just burgers, right? I'm like, I'm making burgers and here are the side options. Will that be okay with you? And just reaching out and asking that rather than just showing up to someone's house and you have no idea what you're walking into. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just going to go such a long way and it's really going to show people that you care mm-hmm. and that you're aware because um, you just never know. You never know who might show up um, and have some kind of need or anything. And and again, don't feel ashamed about it if you have anything like people with severe food allergies are not ashamed of it. Like they're they like broadcast that to the world because it literally is a life and death situation for right. them. So why would you feel shameful telling someone that you can't have gluten? And if they really, honestly, what I've done a few times, y'all, if they get really kind of snarky about it, just go on full on description of what it does to your body. They don't want to hear that. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's amazing. As I put it politely earlier, digestive distress. Yeah. But I can get in more detail for you if you really want to know. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, I think all this is is really helpful. Absolutely. And you're not alone. Like, seriously, you can message us, email us. If you're starting this journey and you're just like, please, somebody help me with anything, we are here to help you. Mm -hmm. We are here to advocate for you because we understand how overwhelming it can feel at first. Mm -hmm. But don't beat yourself up. Take it one step at a time because soon enough, you'll you'll be like, Caitlin and I, here we are. How many years now, Caitlin, has it been since we've been... We started this in what? Four years. 2021, right? Yeah. Or three years. Wait, what? I don't know. That seems like a... I think it was 2021. So three years. Why does it feel like it's been longer than that? Because it feels like it's been longer than that. (laughs) It feels like it's been longer. But three years later, and it doesn't... We've been through every stage of it. We've been through the OMG, what am I going to eat stage. We've been through the overwhelm stage. We've been through the... I'm analyzing everything and now I'm just panicked stage mm-hmm. and now we're in the, this is how we live life and this yeah. is what we do and it's totally fine. We had zero tools in our toolbox when we started and now we have like a full on garage full of all the resources and tools and all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's why we're passionate about talking about this is because we've got the tools and we want to share them. Um, and we know what it's like to just be scrambling mm-hmm. and be like, okay, I'm at Target or Lowe's or wherever you buy tools. <laughs> what do I need to get? You know, so we're here to support with that. Yeah, exactly. So you're doing great, y'all. Keep it with it. And again, we're always here. So reach out if you need us. Hey, friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of The Gutsy Truth. We are so thankful for you. And we hope you found today's episode helpful and insightful. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, we encourage you to share it with them. And we would appreciate it if you would take a quick minute to leave us a review on your podcast streaming platform of choice. And until next time, that's the gutsy truth.